It's your boy Paul Anthony here with the Word of the Day podcast. Yes, the Word of the Day podcast. How y'all feeling out there? I am so glad you can join me uh, this morning, this afternoon, wherever you may uh, find yourself today. I hope the Lord is blessing you and keeping you. Uh, Yo, I am so thankful that you would give your time, your effort to just listen. Uh, So if you believe in the mission and the vision, uh, which is to know God and to make him known, and you believe in this podcast, man, please leave a rating and a review wherever you find yourself, whatever podcast around you're listening, uh, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, or the other platforms, please rate and review and get it going on. Cool. So the last podcast I hit was The Mind of Christ and uh, it's talking about this recreation. So God is recreating us. He is making us these new types of people that live on the earth. And so uh, because of Jesus living, dying and rising again, as we uh, as God opens up our hearts and our minds and we submit to his leadership and we say, Lord, we want you to be the leader and master of our lives. Everything changes. He is recreating us. He is remaking us into a new type of people. And so with that, the life of a Christian isn't just listening, but it's listening and doing. We want to be doers of God's word, not just hearers, right? And so we see this in the book of James, James chapter 1, verse 22. It says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, It is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't just forget what you hear, then God will bless you for doing it. Like straight up. Like you just got to read the scriptures on that, right? You are fooling yourself when you hear the word and yet you walk away. And here's my caveat. I expect most of you that are listening to this podcast have some type of Christian background or you are a Christian. And so I'm going to say it to you very plainly. If you go to church, but you're not doing it, you're, you're deceiving yourself. And so what begins to happen is you put yourself into this funk where uh, you have this consumer mindset, like the, all of us have, like we want to buy, consume, you know, the kind of Netflix and social media, like feed me, feed me, feed me. And we take that same scenario into church. And so what begins to happen is we say, feed me, feed me, feed me. And don't get me wrong, like as uh, a shepherd, we should feed people. 
Absolutely. But here, here, here's the caveat here. You will hear the word, but you ain't doing a thing about it. And so if you're not reflecting, because remember, the Bible is meditation scripture here. If you're not reflecting on the scriptures, if you're not just listening and, and, and that's all you're doing, you're deceiving yourself. The Bible says, but if you listen and you do, you will be blessed for doing so. It's not going to, and a lot of people twist this because they're like, oh, well, uh, you're not saved if you don't do, listen, we're all sinful. We're all have baggage and we all got things that we're dealing with. All I'm saying, I'm not saying you won't be saved. I'm just saying you're going to be deceiving yourself. You're going to be fooling yourself if you would just listen to the word but not be doers of it. And so we're going to go to the Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. This is what I've really been, all these other podcasts is kind of leading to like the fruit of the Spirit. In, in the sense, like after the fruit of the Spirit, we're probably going to dive in to the life of a Christian, which is the Beatitudes, Sermon on the Mount, the famous uh, sermon uh, that Jesus has preached and taught through. And so we'll, we'll kind of walk through that. We'll see what this brings, right? I haven't made a video yet, uh, but I decided to shoot a podcast out uh, to get this thing going and moving. So you kind of see what's surging through my brain. Uh, and uh, I'm going to kind of do it in, in, a, in a different order, but why not? Whatever. We're doing this. And so Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. It's one, not fruits. This fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cro- uh, to his cross and crucified them there. Scoo! Let's focus on the first fruit or the first attribute or characteristics of the fruit, which is love. So we have love. Uh, we got the Greek word agape. Uh, for those that don't really know much about the Bible, the history, so you have the Bible. It's kind of spread out in segments of the Old Testament and New Testament. Old Testament is written in Hebrew. Uh, New Testament is written in Greek. Um, why it was uh, mainly written in Greek is popular at the time, and a lot of Jews were scattered, and a lot of Jews were Greek speaking uh, because of the known world at the time uh, was taken over by Rome. And those are are some Greek folks, man. And so uh, so we kind of got that going on. So in the Greek, we got the word agape. And so agape means brotherly love, charity, goodwill, goodwill, uh, benevolence, like 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 giving up yourself for someone else. Love. Right. And so everyone has all the different facets of love. If you look at love in the dictionary, it'll talk really about sexual uh, love. And and don't get me wrong. Sex is powerful, y'all. And we really take it for granted in this day and culture because um, uh, a lot of people, even Christians, we just have sex like it's not even really a big deal. But But I do have to hammer this, that when we have sex with someone, that is the most intimate deepest connective 
thing that we can do with someone. And I don't even know if I use that in proper English. I got bad English, connective, whatever that means, right? You know what I mean? Like the closest you can be with someone is sleeping with them. And so, well, because it happened is when we prematurely like uh, involve ourselves in intercourse with someone, especially when we didn't make a covenant commitment with them, um, you can't help but stay with that person, even if they're full of... Um, baggage, which everyone's full of baggage. Uh, and they got all this. So it's really hard to think clearly. Uh, and so especially if you're a Christian, again, listening to this and you're sleeping with your girlfriend or boyfriend, uh, I'll just let you know right now, you can't think straight, homie. You can't think straight. Um, you will not be able to think straight. Um, matter of fact, I got plenty of uh, couples that are in a relationship in a sexual uh, relationship and we're trying to navigate through different problems and issues and a lot of it goes down to premarital uh, sex and we we just don't talk about it as Christians we're kind of like oh don't tell people you know especially when I was in youth ministry everyone's like don't people don't tell people they're not gonna have sex they shouldn't have sex because they're gonna do it anyway and it's like listen this is not like my will right this is God's will right this is if you want to live the best life now if you want to live according uh, to his word and his way because he is your Lord, his, your master. We want to submit to him, not just in thought, but in deed, right? We don't want to be just hearers of the word, but doers. And so if he says, hey, don't be having sex with people until you're married, we should take that advice. But what begins to happen with love is we confuse love with having sex with someone, even though it is a deep, intimate thing you can do with somebody. Like you're like sealing the deal. You're like branding and marking yourself with that person. And it's huge. That's why it should be in the context of marriage because uh, there is a lot of cloudiness when you're not married and a lot of dysfunction that begins to happen because you get out of the, uh, the divine order or the process that was already set up before the beginning of time. Now, hear me. There are a lot of couples that have walked it out, that have had sex before and got married and they figured it all out. And people figure it out. By the grace of God, God does some amazing things. But you've been warned. If you're having sex or you had sex or whatever, there is a level of complication and dysfunction you have to work through as you navigate through the relationship. So if you think love is having sex, that's just the ice cream. That's just the ice cream. That's that's just that's just like the icing on the cake. That's just the dessert. Just something that that's not the core of the relationship. And if your core of your relationship is sex, that ain't love, homie. That's lust. And we just need to call for what it is. If you if 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 you like having sex with that person, say it for what it is. Don't call it love, though, because it ain't love. Because what is love? 1 Corinthians 13. God gives us the definition of what love is. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand on its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices in the truth. Love never gives up, never loses faith, always is hopeful, endures through every circumstance. That's love, homie. Love isn't having sex with someone. Love isn't looking at someone and just saying, I'll do anything for you. You know what love is? Love is actually doing something about it. Love is being patient when you want to snap on somebody. Love is being kind when you're just really angry and you're not sure what to do. Love is not being jealous, but rather uh, rejoicing when someone wins out on something. It isn't being boastful or proud or 
or any of those things. You're not, no, you're laying down your life for the betterment of someone else. And then love also, also never gives up. It never loses faith. It is always hopeful, the Bible says. It endures through every circumstance. So when you say you, quote unquote, love someone, and then you will fall out of order of this love is patient, love is kind, and all this other stuff, you don't love them. It's a conditional amount of love. That's the thing about agape love. It's unconditional love. There's no condition. I love you no matter what. And so, and here's the thing. I got to go back to relationships real quick because there's a lot of people that will stick in relationships. And this is not just a female thing because males do this too. They'll stay in a relationship because they have this love never gives up. I don't want to give up on them. I don't want to give up on them. And some of you need to give up on your little boyfriend because they're out of order. They can't even keep a job. They, they, they can't even they can't even like get out of their mom and dad's basement. Like they're making stupid decisions. And what begins to happen is that we put ourselves in these scenarios where we see red flags, but we keep, we think we try to be super holy here. Well, I don't want to give up on them. I don't want to give up on her. And as a single person, as a person who hasn't made a full blown commitment before the Lord and saying, yeah, hey, I want to marry you, boo. You my, you my thing. You my thing. I want you and you want me right before the Lord and before all your friends and family. Right. You have an awesome opportunity to opt out. And what I think happens sometimes is because we brand ourselves with people because we have sex with people. We automatically feel because that close connection that God has created through sex is that we feel that close connection that we feel obligated that we need to stick it out and do the deal. And I would say I would listen to the red flags and the warnings of people that are God fearing people and that love you because they ain't got no agenda. You know what I mean? And there's plenty of people, I'll just tell them straight up, and they won't listen. And that's cool. I understand. Like, who listens to their pastor these days? You know what I mean? I mean, it's just, they, you just come to us because you want to feel better about your sin. So, ooh, facts, right? And so here it is. Oh, yeah, my pastor's cool with it. No, we're not. We're not cool with it. But you go along and you live life like it doesn't really matter. And we're trying to help you walk through this process, but you keep digging yourself through the mud. And you're still confused and you're still unsure because you can't even get out of your own sin because you're addicted to pleasure more than you are to God. And so if we're really going to be honest when it comes to love and lust, that we need to call things for what it is. We just lust people and we have a lust problem and we should deal with it. And guess what? Who can deal with that? Jesus. Jesus can deal with our lust problem. It's amazing. And he's not even he's not even fear. He's not even like fearful of it. Like this is so like this is OK. Like he's the creator of the universe. Like he knows he's been he's been with humanity for, for so long, like what you're bringing to the table isn't new, but what's so beautiful about it is because of the cross and because of Jesus Christ, he always opens up his arms. He says, I got you, boo. I got you, dude. You're my guy right here. Like I can walk you through this, but if you want to keep walking your own way and walking the path of destruction, you can go ahead and do that. But I really don't want that for you. I got something better for you. And that's my son, Jesus. And he has a way that you can live a full and abundantly. And it's going to be beautiful and awesome. It may not look great all the time. It may look like you're suffering sometimes, but it's well worth it because you're living all full and sad satisfying life. And so what we think is we're addicted to pleasure if we're honest with ourselves. And so love isn't pleasure and love isn't comfort. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous or boastful, proud or rude. It is not demand on its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of doing wrong. Love is sacrificial and love is ultimately a choice. 
We are to grow in love with our brothers and sisters in Christ, our family, our friends, and even our enemies. So love comes easy when things are going our way. But when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit here, the fruit of the Spirit works best when it's under stress. Come on, somebody. The the Spirit of God works best in you under stress and hardship. Even when you're angry and frustrated and disappointed, we want to show and express what love really is. This isn't fake or being passive. God won us over because of his radical expression of love, sending his one and only son to live the life that we should have lived, die the death that we all should have just died, but rose again on the third day to give eternal life to everyone. This is why he sent Jesus. So to express less than what God expressed to us, that's unacceptable. He laid down everything for us. Therefore, we should lay everything down for him and we should lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters in Christ and also our enemies because that's what Jesus did for us. We were, we, we were enemies of God, the Bible says. Enemies. And so we don't just express and show love to people that love us and care for us and are really nice to us. No, on the contrary. Like, we show love to our enemy. We show love to those that don't do us right. We show love to our family member that should have did us right, but did us dirty and used us and abused us. Now here, I'm a big fan of boundaries, right? Ha- laying down, okay, here's my boundary. Here's my thing. And laying out that boundary. It's good to have boundaries. I'm not saying don't have any boundaries here. But I am saying we can have a level of love being expressed that we don't need to be full of hate, greed, selfishness, or anything like that. We could still express love in different facets. And I do have to say this because a lot of people think, oh, because I want you to show love to your family or friends or whatever. And you're thinking in your heart and your mind, well, I don't even want to, I want to be friends. I don't even want to be friends with that person. Hear me. You can still love someone, but not be their best friend. And what we do as human beings is we automatically take it on that level. Like, oh, we got to be the, they got to be my best friend. I'm a Christian. Be my best friend. Like, no, homie. Some people are just friends and that's okay. We're called to love though. We're called to lay down our lives so others can find life. here's, Here's the beauty, homie. Jesus died for you. There is therefore nothing that can go wrong in your life. Literally. Like you can die today and you will be in the greatest place ever, which is in the presence of the Lord. And I know what we do is we as human beings, we get so attached to the here and now. But you're a Christian now. You've been recreated now. And so now you have a new destiny you have a new purpose. You have a new way of living. And so we live out of this love, out of this expression that Jesus has lived for us. And so we live out of that expression. And so the Christian The Christian lifestyle really should be looked at as a love relationship. And what do I mean by that? When you love someone, dang, you do anything for them. Anything. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Take it back. 2009, maybe. I don't know. This is my, when I first met my wife. So, um, I've been married for about eight years now. Three kids, all girls. Pray for me. Um, And so when I met Crystal, 
Uh, we worked at the same gym together. Uh, you know, I was trying to get my fitness on, and she already had, she was already fit. She doing the thing. She was a personal trainer, you know what I mean? So I was like, mm-hmm, I see you, girl, right? And then she was grocery shopping when I was grocery shopping. And so that that's a big deal because, you know, I mean, when do guys ever grocery shop, right? So, and then she went to the same Bible school as I did. I graduated at the time, but she went to the same school and so I saw her and so as we begin to work out together because you know that's how I I slid in you know a lot of y'all like to slide into those dms you know y'all like to just you know um uh, hit the like button on someone that you like these days but back in the day you had to like you know go on in and like have conversation and like look at a person in the eye and be like yo what's up right and so I, I slid in there saying hey let's go work out we worked out, you know, we did our thing. And then finally I was like, hey, let's, uh, uh, you know, let's go for coffee and maybe for a movie. And, you know, we did all that. And um, as time grew on, we just had mutual friends. I'm skipping a lot here. But I got to this point where literally she can say anything and I just, I'd, I'd do it. I'd just do it. Like if she told me, like, jump off a bridge, I'd probably do it. Just because I was getting in these... Like, I don't know if anyone's ever been in love before or that stage, but there's something that happens in your body and your mind. You're just like, I'll do anything for you. Just say the word. I'll do anything for you. What do you need? What do you need me to do? You want me to do laundry? I hate laundry. I'll do laundry anyway because I love you. The point behind this is when you're in love with someone, you'll do anything for them. And what begins to happen is that we think God will only love us based on our performance. And God will love you regardless. Period. But when we do things, quote unquote, for the Lord, which I find pretty funny, he does partner with us. He partners with humanity. He does that. But he doesn't partner with humanity so we can begin to love us more. He already already loves us. Period. That's why Jesus is that great expression. We all could just be destined for hell and he could have just left left us alone and rightfully so but he decided to come at the perfect time in history to send jesus and through him suffering and dying and rising again he's made open and available i don't know how many times i can share the gospel here on this podcast but you need to get the you need to get that the gospel is free unmerited you did nothing to deserve it matter of fact if you go back to the depravity or the sin podcast you're trash i'm trash you're trash we don't deserve a thing. It doesn't matter how cute we are, how much money we have, or anything. But God, yet, God still loved us. And we need to operate out of that in our relationship with him, that he simply just loves us. And what needs to happen for our hearts is this. I'm convinced true Christians, and I, say, I, I, I mean that when I say that, true Christians, not the ones that have the jersey on and say, I'm a Christian, but their lifestyle looks nothing like it. I'm talking about those that are in love with the father you can tell and it isn't how much they sin or don't sin there's a genuine love and a heart for god because like my testimony is man wow I, I, I was a trashy person i'm just gonna put it like that and yet i still had a heart and a love for jesus where my wife came from a background that her life was like a textbook perfect Like, the worst thing she ever did is not finish her homework and watch Full House. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're completely opposites, but yet there was this genuine love for the Father. And out of that genuine love for the Father, what begins to happen is 
we love others because of the expression and love that has been poured out to us. This is what love is. Laying down your life for the benefit of someone else. And what does that look like? What does it look like specifically for your brothers and sisters in the Lord? I want to hammer this in. What are we doing for our brothers and sisters? And a lot of people, when it comes to the brothers and sisters, like in the West right now, we're really horrible when it comes to church. We come to church because we want our sermon and we want to get out and run out the door. And that's wrong. That's wrong. I'm letting you know that right now. If you're going to church simply to get the word and get out the door, you're wrong. Yes, we want to get the word, but here's what it is. Sunday morning is a celebration of what God has done in our lives, and we're celebrating together as the body. We're worshiping him. We're singing songs to him, not for ourselves, not so we can feel real good and feel his spirit. Shandai. And it's not to hear a really convicting word, even though that's real good, which most of you are hitting, hearing a lot of watered down teaching, but that's a whole nother story. And then you missed a lot of us Americans. We missed this part. Oh, we don't even want a fellowship. Oh, no, 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 no. I got my four no more. I got my family. I'm heading right out the door. And we miss out when we begin to rub shoulders and love on our brothers and sisters. And the only way you can love on your brothers and sisters is if you actually spend time with them. And this isn't a fellowship series or anything like or a sermon or anything like that, but but there's a you can you can only love someone that you spend time with. Are you spending time with the Lord? That will show if you love him. If you, if you don't, that's okay. That's okay. Surrender your life now to the Lord and give yourself to him. But love comes out in an expression to others. That's what it is. Love is patient. Love is kind. So what does it look like for your brothers and sisters? Are you spending time with them and rubbing shoulders with them? Are you loving on them when they're not really lovable? Are you doing what... Are you doing to others what Jesus has done for you? Because that's what it really comes down to, right? When we go to the golden rule, do it to others as you want done to yourself. Really, that's the Christian life. God has poured out everything. So will you give everything? Will you, will you pour it out? And a lot of us, we live our lives for ourselves and for our own selfish ambition, and for our own will and our own way. And what would it look like to just lay our lives down? So the least we can do is express love in any and every area of our life. The best witness we can have is modeling love and stress and under pressure. Let's show our brotherly love, our charity, our goodwill, our unconditional love to others. And not just when it feels good. And this, I, I gotta say this, a lot of Christians we live our life based on what comfort. We think, okay, if we have as much comfort in everything that we need, then God must be with us. And when life is not going well and life is dysfunctional, then God is not with us. And actually, if we really look at the Bible, it's the exact opposite. When you're comfortable, the Lord is far. And when you're, when you're, when you're stressed and out of your mind, you don't, the Lord is near. And so we need to not be scared of stressful situations or of suffering. Um, now, hear me. 
Yes, the Lord lived and died so that we can live a full and abundant life. And a full and abundant life doesn't mean you live in comfort 24 seven. What it, what it means is we live life to the fullness. And I believe that Jesus lived life to the fullness. And guess what Jesus had to do? He had to suffer and die. And you know what I think we need to do as Christians? I think we need to suffer and die to ourselves. And I think true love is expressed when we surrender our wants and desires and we make sure other people see it and feel it from us. This is one of the best ways to demonstrate and show the gospel, right? It's, it's, uh, I used to serve tables for years. It's, it's, it's one thing to say you're a Christian and it's one way to say you're a Christian and then like really live it out when you tip someone that way, right? I've had a lot of people not knowing that I was a Christian. They just kind of like, they wouldn't even ask me questions. They just like, you know, Jesus, he lived, he died and he said all this stuff and I would run around fill their waters and I'd agree with them. They're like, yeah, man, you're right. You're right. And they'd leave me a track as a tip. Are you serious right now? That is not being a doer of the word. That is not loving well, right? You didn't sacrifice on that. So let's not be afraid to sacrifice. Let's not be afraid to show love. Let's not be afraid to be patient and kind. And so we're going to wrap up with that. We're going to wrap up. I don't even know what time it is. We probably wrapped up early on this month. So end of the thought is this. Love is a choice and it's sacrificial. We should do it to others because Christ has done it to us, period. Our expression, our love for him should flow out to other people, even our enemies. And that's the word of the day. Thank you for listening to the Word of the Day podcast.